History, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammy. Hello, Cammy. Hello, Bryant. Cammy, welcome back. It's we're, we're near the end of the, the year in this beautiful November. We just finished up our spooky-themed awesome set of episodes. I about to say four, but we did an extra one with Peter, and we've got kind of an extra one today, almost. Uh, so we... If if you're just tuning in, uh, Mystery, which hopefully you, you've caught some of our October ones because those are really fun, but Mystery is a show where every week we like to take legends and myths and then give you the story behind them and then talk about them as they are. So we just talked about uh, Jack the Ripper, Elizabeth Bathory, the Pied Piper, that son of a gun. And today, so you know, obviously October was spooky. November, pretty spooky sometimes, uh, especially for turkeys, <laughs> uh, for families. But we're we're gonna talk. We, I wanted to to talk about uh, something American, and so we're going into a, a Native American legend called the Wendigo. It's known by other names as well. I can kind of go into that. But this is a, an old myth that's tied to the indigenous American cultures uh, and has a really interesting history, too. I was really surprised to see this because, you know, there's not a lot of written records uh, as we know them, you know. So Cammy is going to regale us with a story and then I will uh, kind of talk behind it. And we, we gave some warnings because the last few episodes were kind of gross. Um, Bathory and, uh, of course, like Jack the Ripper and stuff like that. Pretty obvious. Well, Wendigo is, is also uh, a, yeah. a flesh-eating monster. And so just if you're squeamish about that kind of thing, just keep that in mind. We have a nice episode that's not going to be crazy coming up next week <laughs> with a wonderful guest. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, without further ado, Cammy, hit us with this Wendigo. Sure. So I basically wrote this story after reading the Wikipedia. Um, like Bryant said, there's not really like a written record that we can um, say is a primary source or something like that. So this is from ahead. In the long winter... The salted meat stores had all but dried up. The hunters were forced to look for prey in the frozen terrain around them. While rabbits were normally plentiful this time of year, something changed in the forest, almost like a curse upon the lands and the people who inhabited it. There were no birds in the sky, no small animals underfoot, only bleak snow and the deafening sounds of the wind from the frozen lakes. There were no fish either. Men would pound their tools into the ice but the lake was frozen solid. The hunters decide to pair off to cover more ground. They must find something, and the old ways were no good in this despair. Two by two, they walked for miles, covering the entire horizon, and returning home empty-handed each time. The days turned slowly in agony as the children cried for food that was not there. Which god of desolation had damned these grounds? The hunting group split off again to further their search, but today was different. The snow was falling more rapidly. The winds were howling like false wolves. The air was heavy with man's fearful apprehension, and all but two men turned back. Whether it was their intention to comb the land, or it was unreasonable to return, we do not know. We can only say they didn't find their way home. And the day became night, and people worried. 
They had only enough food for a day's journey and they were hungry. In times like these, when your people are in peril and you yourself are the only source of hope, you must continue. As lost as you are, you press on until you can't, until the winds are so strong you're unable to walk against them, until you're blinded by the bleary white nothing around you. It is here that a man might break, that a man might call on his hunger, even when there is nothing to feed it. You might turn your unused spear into a weapon of war. You might pierce your partner's heart and gleefully and barefisted rip it out and eat it raw, warm pools of red painting the snow, and you might not stop at the heart. Your hunger may lead you to devour all parts that come together to make a man. You may delight in sucking the marrow from the bone. And when you stand after your feast, you may look down at your bloody hands now covered in fur. You might reach to your head and feel your horns growing from it, but you will never be satisfied because you are hungry and you remember your people are waiting. Oh, Cammy, that was good. Thanks. I like it. Yeah. That is that is a wonderful story, original TM mystery story from Cammy. <laughs> and that does such a great job, Cammy, because it really does show that's that's the myth in a nutshell. If I had to not explain it and you just had to go off the story, I think you could take that, give it to some ninth graders and tell them to analyze it and they could walk away with what they needed to 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 get it. So this is this is really cool. And I and I I'm gonna put the what anime Brian learned this from at the top of the notes, like I like to do, and it's Digimon. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm, and this is my, yeah, my segue into everything. So Digimon, a lot like Pokemon, uh, except they're digital. And there was, they, they borrow from a lot of folklore and stuff like that. They, they evolved just like Pokemon. And there was this one little like rabbit cute thing that was in the show for the whole time. And near the end of the show, it finally evolves and it turns into Wendigomon. Everything in Digimon has a mon at the end. And it's it's scary. It's scary and it's evil and it's creepy. And and it was this cute little dude's thing, but then like he gets in trouble and so it it prompts it and and I and it that the desperation and all that. So kudos to Digimon, old like nineties and two thousands anime for capturing this uh spirit. And good job to you, Cammy, because the Wendigo, there's a lot to it. it, it I'm getting some, we, we mention her all the time because of how deep that episode was, the Medusa episode. Um, that episode, you know, the psychoanalysis behind the story of Medusa was a vacuum of a lot. There was a lot there. And there's some of that here, too. In fact, there's this uh, controversial, as Wikipedia calls it, uh, modern medical term called Wendigo psychosis. Um, it's described by psychiatrists as a culture-bound syndrome with uh, symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and the fear of becoming a cannibal. Um, in some indigenous communities, environmental destruction and insatiable greed are also seen as manifestation of the Wendigo psychosis. So it's sort of this, like, yeah, it's this expl explanation um, for it Sounds human... a little bit like uh, clinical lycanthropy. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, we talked about that in the werewolf episode a month ago. That's precisely it. The werewolfism, it was sort of like, how do we explain why this dude's acting like such a crazy jerk? And this was it. You know, we called it lycanthropy, that kind of thing. So yeah, it, it's it is. That's a Cammy. Damn, you're just like nailing it today. Um, <laughs> and that's it's very it, it's it's extremely similar to. Uh, the werewolf stories as well, where there's a man in desperation and and kind of in sin 
evolves to something terrible. What's really cool about the Wendigo, though, is, of course, it, it's – so it, it's kind of attributed with the people uh, like that speak the Algonquin language. And, and I, I've – you know, there's, there's lots of different cultures and tribes in ad- the indigenous Americas. Uh, and so saying Algonquin, I, I, I kind of learned, is, is more of a blanket statement. Some people spoke – it was it's, it's sort of grouped by language is the best way I can say it. Okay. So um, – but it, it's in it's in several others like the Ojibwe, um, Salto, Nascapo, Inu. Lots of different cultures had, if not exactly the Wendigo, then like something extremely similar in name um, that they would use for that. But in, in all cases, it was pretty much the same thing. It's this giant beast, usually has the horns of a stag, and it's it's very gaunt, and it's it's almost like it's. Um, uh, like it's skin and bones like it's you can like see it's, it's starving ribs. yeah yeah it's starving and and that's a big part of it though because it it does have an, an insatiable hunger it, and it and it succeeds it succeeds in eating um people cannibalists uh, in, a, in a cannibalistic nature and things like that and so what i like to um is it's hard to say is this story like a a jack and jill like trying to teach your kids to not run out is it is it an explanation like do they is it like the yeti where it's like we we actually think you know these people actually think there's this this creature that's running around um i think there's it's definitely a little bit of both and that's kind of what it, it lends to especially in today like um wikipedia talks about this taboo reinforcement ceremony that's done by the cree and ojibwe and it's this it's a satirical ceremonial dance sometimes performed during like a famine to reinforce the seriousness of the taboo of the wendigo which which is is not just hey don't eat your neighbor but it's 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 don't be greedy it's don't be uh don't succumb to to, to to isolation and and avarice yeah that's a big part of the the Wendigo story too is the isolation is is it's you're you're alone and when you're alone and, and it's 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 like a cabin fever sort of thing too so it, it's it's this is it's extremely specific I love it um now one thing that I can't really answer and so if you know please do let us know I always I, I, I mention that every few episodes it's been a while I think if we ever miss something or get something wrong especially if we get something wrong but if you think we've missed a key point please let me know but looking into the history of the Wendigo now I've seen in a source uh, from all that's interesting.com they specifically say that uh, hit people historians I don't know they don't say who believe that the Wendigo came after Europeans came to the Americas. Now, the Canadian encyclopedia.ca, which sounds a lot more authoritative um, of, of a source, uh, specifically says that the the Wendigo legend um, existed in Algonquin oral history for many centuries long before Europeans arrived in North America. So it, it the, the first written source wasn't until... Um, later in uh i think it was specifically jesuits yes jesuits you gotta love the jesuits writing down everything um he this uh paul lejean um or june uh a jesuit missionary lived among uh, algonquin people in the early 17th century in the area of quebec oh i, I didn't even mention too this is where we're at we're, we're pretty much in canada and the canadian side of the great lakes the east coast and the great lakes um, but it's it's all throughout that area it's, it's a, a big encompassing area 
Um, I like, like you know, and the, there's different names. They all kind of look similar, though. They're all like Wendigo, Wendigo, and kind of go a little more from that. But um, that was the the sort of the first written thing that we have from it is uh, this guy, um, and he he wrote. Um, uh, this is this is a quote from the Canadian Encyclopedia of what Lejeune, the, the Jesuit, wrote. This devilish woman added that the Wendigo had eaten some uh, Atacamagucan. These are tribes that live north of the river that is called the Three Rivers, and that he would eat a great many more of them if he were not called elsewhere, but that Achen, sort of werewolf, would come in his place to devour them, even up to the French fort that he would slaughter the French themselves. So... It, it kind of confirms sort of the supernaturalness of it. They, they mentioned this other beast, the Achen. It's like a sort of werewolf. Um, it could, and, and, and we talked about it on the werewolf episodes. Remember, were, werewolves like modern – or uh, wolves are huge. They're, they're like huge. They're like tiny horses, tiny big horses. <laughs> um, so just, you know, if you see like a – don't think of like a dog wolf, a dog-sized wolf. But so the, that's the first written account from the Jesuit mercenaries. But again, this source and a couple others sort of imply that it's it, there's a long oral history, and you would have to imagine that it would have to. Um, there, there is. I mean, of course, colonialism is an extremely difficult subject, and when you're talking about uh, histories of indigenous peoples uh, across everywhere, there's a huge entanglement, and you could even see that in in like the stories, like we, I mean, we talked about. Ireland and England and things like that. Once, once like Christian influence comes, it morphs like Norse mythology is morphed by Christianity. Irish mythology is morphed by Christianity and things like that. So while this necessarily wasn't directly morphed by Christianity, it looks like this Jesuit is trying to write it as it was by those people. Um, we can, you, you can kind of keep that in mind, but I would certainly imagine, I mean, if you're in Canada, it's cold, things happen, people eat people, and you've got to explain it to your kids, like what happened, right. and and have these stories. And, and again, it, it's the stories sort of always have the same idea. And, it, and it's not just don't eat people. It's this really cool story of this really interesting tale, moral, where it's, it's, it's solitary. That's that's solitude. That's what I really see in this is, is the, the problems of like, being stuck to yourself and and uh, another thing too they um, a couple sources talk about how when the wendigo eats someone so yeah you you, you probably you might kind of be familiar like the the skinny has like uh, stag horns fur and and you can see the rib cage and when it eats something i i read this i didn't know this but if, in some sort of ideas that it'll take like the shape and the size of whatever it eats. So like, even if it's bigger, if it's like a bigger person, it's, it's always going to like be gaunt. It's never going to be satisfied. There's no, there's nothing that will satiate it. Um, and so it's, it's just really wild. Um, the one other wild thing though, I, I mentioned like Cree Ojibwe, they have similar variations. And, and in some cases, the word is very similar looking as well. The Wachuje, uh, people, there's a parallel um, so it's, it's similar. I don't, I, I didn't give me a name, but the being is, it's described as more enlightened than insane. And I just, that's a really nice way to think about life. <laughs> like, you know, like, you think like going crazy and eating people and they're just like, oh man, yeah, you know, letting yourself go. It's good. So that was really interesting. I couldn't really find more on that, but it was just really interesting. Um, 
it's it's just really interesting. Uh, th- there's a lot of parallels to this in the same way that the Medusa is applied literally uh, and, and through literature. The Wendigo is applied as well. Um, there's a uh, Wikipedia talks of Basil H. Johnston. He's an Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario who talks about it. And that's kind of where I got my um, idea of where it's this uh, – the the desiccated skin pulled tightly over to its bones that's his words um ash gray death like look to him like like a skeleton's bones i mean just like a walking skeleton with just just enough flesh to keep going and those horns um which make it and it's it's gluttonous but it's thin and that's yeah and i think he talks he was the one who talked about the taking the size of what it ate so no matter what it it will never I guess even like even if it eats like a small kid or something like that, it's it's not going to help it. It's not going to sustain it. It's it's just going to then take that shape and be hungry still. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. it it's a it's it's really popular nowadays. Um, it it kind of, I think in the sixty oh yeah in 1910 there was a, a story from Algor the literature is Algernon Blackwood yeah Algernon. Algernon, non, excuse me, Blackwood's 1910 short story, The Wendigo. Um, he, it, it, it's, a, I mean, just a short story novella, um, uh, an English horror novella that was written and based off the story that he had heard. And, and that kind of kicked off the idea. Um, and it was Stephen King's novel, Pet Cemetery, uh, has like an inspiration from that as well. That, that kept coming up a lot. I don't read a lot of Stephen King. I'm sorry if I've missed the importance of, of that. But um, a lot of things started really borrowing from this lore. And there's even a Marvel Comics character that's inspired by the Wendigo as well. Um, and it, it kind of pops up here and there in other games. Um, big spoilers for me for the game Until Dawn. Oh, you played such that. Such a good game. Yeah. Yes, I love it. I never played it. I have it. I need to. It's just hard to play it with Kinley around. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I'll figure it out. That's the that's the main antagonist. It's a Wendigo. Yes. That's what hey, that's what Wikipedia said. That's there, really cool. There are threats inside and outside of that house, but the threats outside are the main is oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right, that works. Um so yeah, it it's it's really interesting and as far as like the root history goes, again, a, a minor amount of sources say that it was a post-colonial thing that 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 occurred, but there are several sources that say the oral history was there beforehand. I'm much more inclined just to believe that. I mean, even if it wasn't exactly called the Wendigo, again, there's there's tons of different names for this thing and variations in localized versions between all the many tribes and peoples that lived in this area. But all of them had this idea. And and it, uh, Cammy, you 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 hit the nail on the head. And this is not. I I will not pretend like I was even thinking about this. But you're right. It, this is a werewolf story essentially of uh, the indigenous Americans and not just in the way that we think of werewolf stories nowadays where it's there's there's a lesson here someone someone who's troubled goes crazy and those troubles can come from many different ways and it's it's very easy to see in an alaskan or um a canadian winter uh why you would go crazy uh, and your story exemplifies that really well so kudos to you on that Thank you. that was really great so everyone i hope you enjoyed this wonderful story of the Wendigo. I hope you learned something more. I did for sure. Um, reinforcing a few things about it, but also kind of understanding it a little bit better. This is a nice natural, this was not um, Paul Bunyan American myth, uh, but this was a little different and was a lot of fun. So again, though, if, if you know, if you want me to clarify something or 
think something that I missed, please let us know. Uh, mystery with an IE. That's how you find us, gmail.com. And our Facebook group is probably one of the better ways to get in touch with us. You can check us out on our Threadless store. Is it threadless.mystery or mystery.threadless? Mystery.threadless.com. There we go. So check it out. We've got some really cool stuff there. Um, we've got a lot of things planned coming up soon, too. Kimmy, can you talk about the convention we're doing? Oh, yeah. So we are doing a convention called Indie Pods United. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, uh, the website. And basically, we're doing a 30-minute slot uh, live broadcast for that. Uh, it will be shared to YouTube and mm -hmm. probably Twitch and a couple of other places, too. So Awesome. Fantastic. Well... Everyone, please uh, let us know if you have any suggestions for myths or stories you'd like us to talk about and check us out on all these other projects that we're working on. So, Cammie, I think that does it, right? I think that's it. Awesome. Well, everyone, we will see you next time.